September 21, 2018. After a few days' wait, Federal Emergency Management Agency, or FEMA, officials are in eastern North Carolina today, assessing the damage done by Hurricane Florence and creating the infrastructure to address the need. But local community groups are already several steps ahead of them. They include the North Carolina Hurricane Relief Effort and Community Rapid Response Network. The collective is made up of organizations that are no strangers to the people most in need of help. Courtney Patterson is helping to coordinate their effort. The reason we were able to reach these people because we were already in touch with them prior to this storm. And we realized that we needed to come together in solidarity with the people who are affected and to try to provide and meet their needs. The network is made up of people from Eastern NC Table, the Environmental Justice Network, and the Farm Labor Organizing Committee, along with other grassroots groups. Patterson says they began preparing early last week, speaking with the community groups from Hurricane Harvey about best practices for helping people. They're seeking financial support, as well as donations of toiletries, household cleaning supplies, and roof patching materials. Eastern North Carolina is home to some of the highest poverty rates in the state, up to 35%, with many minority communities confronting generational poverty. The state average is around 16%. Patterson says he and others were struck by what was missing in the images of President Donald Trump's visit to the coast on Thursday. Discrimination is still a factor in what we do. You might have seen one or two black faces there, but see, the people that I know that have been inundated by this storm are black faces, and there is no focus put on any of that. The risk management agency Moody's Analytics estimates the damage from Hurricane Florence could be as much as $22 billion. Hurricane Matthew cost roughly $6 billion. While North Carolina school systems work to make the most of limited funding, a new report highlights another vulnerability in education, not showing up for classes. The NC Early Childhood Foundation report says more than 64,000 public school students in pre-K through third grade were listed as chronically absent in the 2015-2016 school year. Mandy Oblidinger with the Foundation explains why the research focuses on younger ages. It really matters for third grade reading. We know that third grade reading influences kids' short-term academic outcomes and also longer-term life outcomes. There are things that can be done to address chronic absence. The report highlights school system practices that support attendance, from reward programs to partnerships with community groups. About half the school systems in the state participated in the survey. The state and federal governments define chronic absence as missing 10% of the school year for any reason. Governor Roy Cooper has declared September Attendance Awareness Month. Oblidinger says in dealing with the issue, it's important that school systems not shame parents when children miss excessive school days. We've learned that a really punitive approach of, I'm going to call in law enforcement if you don't get your kid to school, is not effective. But what's effective is celebrating positive attendance and giving people positive reinforcement. She adds, health and school environment issues like bullying are common contributors to absence. Nearly one in eight young students in North Carolina misses about two days of school in a month. Last year, the General Assembly passed a law encouraging districts to adopt student attendance recognition programs to help focus on the problem of chronic absence. On a Thursday evening, a small but steady stream of people trickled into Asheville City Hall. They were there to learn and give their opinions about a proposed bike share program. If we had a bike share in Asheville, what should the 
Barb Mee is part of the city's transportation department. It's very early in the process. We're still in the research stage. We will be working through what people want, how they would want to use it, questions like that. Bike shares provide bicycles for rent on a short-term basis. They're usually used for a quick ride around a city. A growing number of U.S. cities have implemented bike share systems as a way to offer an affordable and environmentally friendly form of transportation. It's not for all-day rental, it's for short trips. It kind of expands your range. Charlotte, Winston-Salem, and Raleigh are among the North Carolina cities that have adopted them. Asheville could be next. A lot of people ride their bikes and a lot more people want to. People saw bike share systems in, say, Washington, D.C. or Chattanooga. They have said, I think this would be a neat thing for Asheville. Let's talk about it. The city is conducting a feasibility study to determine if bike shares would function well in Asheville. Me says there are many questions to be answered, including funding and safety. Asheville resident Wendy Coyne stopped by the open house. She often cycles to work and said she would love for Asheville to become a more bike-friendly city. I think it would work wonderfully. Like I would have even used a bike share tonight to get here because I was at work but then had to drive to get here and then park my car and then walk to get here and now I've got to go somewhere else and I'm probably going to have to move my car in order to do that. I would use a bike share for the whole trip and then just get back in my car to get home. Barb Mee says that the feasibility study will be wrapped up this winter. So it might be some time before a bike share program is rolled out in Asheville. Employees of the nonprofit Asheville Greenworks are in the Mud Creek of Hendersonville working to repair their damaged trash trout. Sitting in kayaks tied to a bridge, the team is hunched over a system of pontoons and black corrugated drain pipes as water roars beneath them. In one of those boats is Eric Bradford, director of operations. Uh, the trash route is a device that we built. It's a repurposed pontoon boat that we've installed in the Mud Creek in Hendersonville. We use the device to capture trash as it's washed into the storm drain system. So we capture it there at the trash route and then we clean it out. Bradford spearheaded the trash trout as a partnership between Greenworks and the city of Hendersonville. Their mission is to improve the health of local waterways. With high water everywhere, many pollutants are entering into the French Broad through tributaries like Mud Creek. One person who is particularly concerned about what's ending up in the river is Michael Huffman, the stormwater quality specialist for the city of Hendersonville. As far as stormwater quality, it definitely has impacts on the water quality it's with sediment being washed off sites uh, into the river, litter, things like that, sanitary sewer overflows, which occurs when the uh, sanitary sewer system gets inundated with stormwater. You know, when the water levels get up above where the sewer lines are, then water can infiltrate into the sewer lines and cause outflows or overflows from the sewer system. Both Asheville and Hendersonville stormwater systems are separated from their sewer systems, with stormwater flowing directly into drains and then into the streams. This can be an issue when heavy rain also washes pollutants into storm drains. Any trash, I mean, even if it's, if it's on the roadway, uh, oil, car grease, gasoline, fuel, fertilizer, animal waste, uh, you know, pet waste, anything that's on the surface of the land, there's a big rain event. It has the potential to wash into the stream. So yeah, cigarette butts, bottles, cans, anything that you see on the side of the road when it's dry out is probably going to wash into the stream when there's the next rain event. 
Those bottles, cans, and cigarette butts were just what the trash trout was designed to catch. So the trout is great because it allows us to gather it over a period of time. The times the river conditions are not working with us to be able to get out to in the water when it's either too high or it's raining. So the trash trout is there working 24 hours a day to collect trash. The trash trout has been operational for a little over a year. In that time, it's captured a hefty amount of trash. As of today, 1,978 pounds. Uh, we're just about to 2,000 pounds. Uh, after this, this most recent rainstorm, the next time we clean it out, we know we're gonna be over 2,000 pounds. With recent Western North Carolina rainfall records, the amount of trash flowing into waterways has most likely broken records as well. I'm Luke Sheely for Blue Ridge Public Radio.